and music stems from jazz blues the gospel the the spiritual rituals of the enslaved africans so music is music is a revolutionary universal language This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today we have Haki Shabazz, and you may know Haki from Haki NM. Haki, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on this podcast, and uh, you got a nice setup too, so I got to shout out the setup, definitely. Uh, thank you for having me. Today we're going to be listening to your song, Caffeine and Green. So without further ado, let's listen to the song. system that barely pays. No, ain't that a shame. Early morning birds used to mean clear skies. But living these two lives feels like even my own tears cry. Mirror image showing me two pictures. Double consciousness has me seeing nothing but two niggas. Not black men from way back when there was life without a system. Carl Jung passing down them whippings. Must be the post-traumatic slave that started messing with my mental. But I never thought once to shoot up a school of heroin. But I do get high off green as my medicine. And they get high off that stuff too. They also drink coffee the color of a people their quote unquote ancestors did stuff to. It's crazy. They legalize caffeine to get you up and working. But criminalize green that takes you to sleep searching, dreaming of one day no longer hurting. And ain't it funny how to get these drugs to wake you up and put you to sleep? You have to pay money that you worked for from the job that you searched for from the degree that you hurt for and still had to pay money to get that degree, to get that salary just to pay taxes that help support lynchings from police brutality and they wonder why we like to get high on Saturdays but then pray on Sunday to get through a week of feeding for caffeine and to finally taste greens on payday Friday just to spend it all again on that caffeine and green feeding for that caffeine and green 
Welcome back. So, my first and favorite question to always ask is, what came first? Was it the music or was it the words? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it was the words. I was actually, well, it's Caffeine and Green, so I was engaging in Caffeine and Green, and I was around some friends, they're rappers too, and we, you know, we were just kind of just sitting there writing. A lot of times we just sit there and write regarding what goes on. I was there, and I just said, you know, I'm about to write something about Caffeine and Green, because that always been like a... Not like a quote unquote lifestyle that we're pro- that I'm promoting. Like, yeah, go out there and do caffeine and green. But I just started thinking it's a certain how you start feeling when you want caffeine and green. You're just like it's like an uneasy feeling. And so I wrote that uneasy feeling. I just wrote it down in that one sitting. So I wrote all the lyrics and from then that's when I said, Okay, bet, I'm gonna produce around it. I don't mean to like just jump into like the the heavy stuff, but I, I just feel like No, that jump in. <laughs> like vicious cycle that one is given total permission and then the other one is frowned upon. Yep. And I think in some ways isn't, the, I mean, it, it serves as like a great metaphor for, I mean, it, it is what it is, but it's also a great metaphor for maybe your experience mm. as, as a black person mm. and, and also just people of color in general, like having this idea that the whole like Columbusing idea, but just like mm. it's it's not okay until the white people say it's okay kind of thing. And yeah. just, how did this come about once once you started writing the lyrics? Caffeine and Green, so it actually was a part of my Far From Home project, which has been sitting produced since 2018. So I've had, I have multiple like projects that are done and it ends up being where, okay, what, what's going to be the first project I give them? Far From Home was about black liberation theology. It's about being far from home. And at the end, it's, you know, take me home. But in the middle, you know, you have that those times where, you know, addiction plays a role when you're far from home because you're looking for something. So the live version, I say, you know, I need that love that wakes me up in the morning. I need that love that puts me to sleep. And it is kind of true. There's an argument that addiction really comes from loneliness. And because of social media and because of the isolation that has happened, you know, we we know that even since the pandemic that there has been a rise in purchasing of marijuana, we uh, legally and le- illegally, whatever you want to call it. And so uh, that kind of spoke to me in terms of what is this addiction and what is that loneliness? And I think it's that love that I need in the morning, the love that I need at night. But where is that love really coming from? The love is really coming from you got to get up and work. And sometimes you got to have help to get to sleep. And so it's that contradiction where you want to get up and work and do what needs to be done for the people and whatnot, but you need help going to sleep. But why is it that caffeine, like you were pointing at, you know, why is caffeine legalized, but why is green criminalized? And even though it's legalized to a degree, it is still criminalized because black people still getting arrested for it. I brought it to the band. I was like, you know, this is one of this is one of the songs that I've completed. That was one of the songs where talking to my mother, she was like, that's your song. That's going to be the song. And I said, you think so? She said, yeah. Playing it live with the band, I I personally had a different feeling. I believe the band members love that song, too. The fact that I was able to pull it together live and then we just play it. And, you know, the song takes me on a journey when we're playing live. The produced version is what? Three, four minutes. Right. Right. But we playing live, dragging it out 10, 11 minutes because, you know, you just feel it. And so the first performance we had. We were going to play songs by Prince and other songs. But then when it came down to, you know, we can pull the band together and whatnot. And we were performing on May 19th for Malcolm X's birthday, Ho Chi Minh's birthday. Uh, I said, you know what? 
I want to perform my songs. And they were like, oh, well, this, but, hey, we'll accept the challenge. And they accepted the challenge. And I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. So I thank them wholeheartedly. I like how you equate, you know, green with marijuana, but also green with money. money. I, I feel how comparable those those are to each other. They're both something like mm. you might drive for or you might, you know, it's like you work you work the whole week. I mean, you even specifically say something in here about, um, you know, you work the whole week just for Friday, you know, and, and it's like, isn't that what we do for money in the same? And at that point, I'm not, you, the taste of green, that could either be finally getting your paycheck mm-hmm. or, you know. Um, or it's the weekend to get to have some fun. So Right. I love this song, but I'm also like, I'm, I'm sad by it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, cause it's, cause, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with, with green mm-hmm. marijuana. I mean, yeah. chasing money, uh, th- there's, there's certain things with that, but it, because it's been criminalized and because it's been stigmatized, mm-hmm. it, it has that problematic baggage with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like even though it's, you know, as you said before, like, even though it's legalized, it's there's still there's still that stigma mm. or or people will look down on those that that use it and i feel like this song kind of gets to the heart of why it's it's kind of troubling at the same time mm. the main thing about the song is obviously capitalism it's a critique of capitalism how i put it in i used to work at the starbucks it was like the third busiest one in chicago and i love coffee too you know it's and so especially black coffee and it's that idea that everybody's getting up, waking up in the morning for the the idea that, you know, so a lot of times when you're drinking coffee, it's not even what coffee's going to do to you. It's the, the action. It's I'm going to walk and go get me some coffee from the coffee shop I know I go to. They know mm-hmm. me in there. They know the regular. And it's that idea like, OK, I'm about to go to work. I'm about to get some work done for the day. And obviously caffeine wakes me up. But it's again, I think it plays a role in terms of, you know, if I get up in the morning I'm like, man, I got to go get me some cup of coffee, start my day. But again, you know, uh, weed will take you to sleep and put you out. And well, that's what you wanted to do. Uh, but a lot of times you just get to thinking. But then sometimes, like especially during the pandemic, where I would wake up and I would get some coffee and then roll up. And so I'm drinking coffee while doing that. And then, you know, you have an upper and you have a downer. And right. so your body's fighting each other. Your body's fighting itself. And that's the contradiction is you do you want to be up you want to be put down i think the pandemic and you know just the isolation that people were having but of course i was doing it with friends as well it is the idea that we're going to get up to work in the morning but you need something to help you go to sleep but the only reason why you need to go to sleep is because what you got to get up in the morning and so it it is that cycle it's that cycle and obviously i won't say it makes me sad because i wrote it but a lot of times i do ponder and think about it just in terms of you know this isn't a healthy lifestyle but a lot of times at the same time, I want to fight that lifestyle. Like, I don't want to just get up in the morning, just get coffee, then go do that at the same time. And so maybe when you're talking about, couldn't come up with a question, I get what you're saying. But it's, yeah. it's confusing where it's, you know, it's that contradiction that's there. It, yeah. it also moves us from what I believe humans are supposed to be. I don't think we're supposed to. Well, obviously, everybody can make the argument. We're not supposed to be working 40 hours a week for for little pay right if you know there's whatever the evolutionary process is but this is a process that has stopped us from being true to what it is you know if your body is hungry it's time to eat if your body is tired it's time to go to sleep 
but you have these drugs that wake you up and put you to sleep to operate in this social construct of time and the only thing that time benefits really are those who have the power to direct time you know you got to get up in the morning seven in the morning to go get some coffee and i'm gonna do that then at once a day is over hey hit up the line to everybody else what y'all on and we're gonna we're gonna uh, get high together and i think it's also you know coffee it feels like it's an individual thing even though you can go up and get coffee with people but you can go and get coffee alone a lot of times with people you can also smoke alone but a lot of times people smoke together and so it's you wake up on some individualist idea going to work and at the end of the day you're having the communal but it's crazy because the communal is what's criminalized especially if you if you around a whole bunch of black folk i mean i feel like this song is a big question stream of consciousness kind of mm. thoughts the section that hits me and i don't know why it is but I, I maybe it's just the first two lines is like early morning birds used to mean clear skies mm. but living two lives feels like even my tears cry and then the mere image showing me two pictures double consciousness has me seen nothing but two n-words not black men w.e.b du bois coined the term double consciousness and that all oppressed people have and so it is the idea in you view yourself through the lens of the oppressor and the lens of how you want to believe and want to portray yourself. So I'm sure you've heard of the term code switching. That's a tool of survival. You know, you wake up in the morning. Again, it's crazy. Caffeine is legalized. I'm going to play the game. I'm going to get some caffeine. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do what I need to do. But at the end of the day, I get to go back and be what I want to be. But again, because living this double consciousness is so tiring as being part of an oppressed group but you kind of feel like you need to get high to wind down from dealing with that double consciousness that am i on my p's and q's am i doing this and so i think even the song wants to mm. break from that caffeine and green and break from that having to wake up and just fall in line and then go home and do whatever you want to do and relax but really breaking out in terms of, well, I'm going to wake up and do what I want to do regardless, right? right? But again, it's so hard to do that because of the structure in place. So I really think that's why it's a critique of capitalism. That's why green is the money, right. really the money that's involved. I think often to the act of code switching, that has got to be so exhausting. Honestly, as, as a white male, I try to constantly step into other people's shoes and have conversations mm. like this. But... I'll never, I'll never fully understand that. I'll mm. never be required or, or as a life skill have mm. to learn how to switch like that. I mean, I, it, it's, it's something that I realize that I will never fully understand. I have to do everything in my power to continue mm. to understand. It's an unconscious act. I think that's another reason why when I was writing the song, it came to me. And even after writing the song, I didn't really fully understand it. And it's crazy because it was after I wrote the song that I actually started doing the two together and really contemplating what I wrote. Going, waking up in the morning and you go to work, it's, it's, it's like an, it's an unconscionable act. You just, you do what has to be done. And it's so ingrained. That's why it's that double consciousness. But what drives me, obviously, is just, you know, fighting for the people. So being an organizer in Champaign, I've been organizing since my freshman year of college. We're still organizing now. A lot of times, just the job needs to be done. And so, again, it's exposing the contradictions of your own, of what you're dealing with. But again, I also point out, you know, that everybody drinks coffee. Everybody drinks and everybody getting high. There's a certain difference, I believe, obviously, with oppressed groups or just, you know, 
people with you know uh, obviously who are dealing with more exploitation more discrimination because at the end of the day we all getting pimped we all in the same boat but it's only one group that's rowing as prince said in his song dreamer and so mm-hmm. uh we all in the same boat but it's again we have to acknowledge what's going on the black liberation movement has been the vanguard of the revolution here in america since its inception 13th 14th and 15th amendment regarding you know after the emancipation that set the stone for where we are now in terms of equal rights and protection of equal rights the suffrage movement uh black women were asked to march alongside white women but they were pushed to the back of the line and so then when the amendment was passed again we're all in the same boat white men didn't even think white women had the right to vote but black women stood in line in the back of the line after the amendment was passed you can't vote because now you're in the south you still have these laws the civil rights bill black folks were organizing for the civil rights bill getting that butt beat getting killed for something as simple as sitting in a white restaurant and then in 1965 they passed the immigration act which opened the border so that the, the power gained by black folks was diluted the black agenda has always been the moral agenda as pastors and ministers have said and i truly believe it uh because we're always taking the fall first always but we're still going to work and mobilize because ain't nobody gonna be free until we're free and that i think that's just factual that's true the lgbtq movement it wouldn't be nothing if it wasn't for marsha p the g the black and brown trans women that started a riot not a protest but a riot we see that black people have been at the forefront of every movement even now in terms of what blm after uh, the killing of george floyd and brianna taylor the world is standing in solidarity with the people of the world now more so than ever because of George Floyd. And so you see that it's spiritual for me. And so that's I think that's another reason why it plays into that song. And again, it's it's a job being an organizer. It's a job. It's being a part of the movement uh, in any way, shape or form. It is a job and not a job that you get paid for or anything like that, but a job that, you know, deep down in your heart that comes from love. The job, you're not doing the job for newspaper articles. You're not doing the job for that. You're doing the job for what needs to be done out of love. If you don't get the credit, if you don't even see freedom, if other people get freedom, because let's be honest, they passed the law for Stop Asian Hate real quick. But BLM has been organizing since what? Barack Obama. But that doesn't mean, do I believe the Stop Asian Hate bill should not be passed? No, it should be because we got to stop that too. But it asks for more policing. Like, I like to always kind of pick what my favorite part Mm. is in the song, and then I'll also ask you Mm. after that what what, what your favorite part is. They also drink coffee the color of a people their quote-unquote ancestors did stuff to. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just goes back to that idea of, like, that that certain things become criminalized and stigmatized because somehow they get associated with... Mm black folks or people of color and and somehow that that makes it tricky but as soon as white people are okay with it then Mm. it's it's fine was that something you were thinking about when you were writing that one thing i love about the whole thing it's hard for me to pick out certain areas because even if i listen to it i go like man do y'all hear what he's saying do y'all hear him uh and i'm just like yeah that's me speaking but it's like do y'all hear what he's saying in terms of you know, but I say, you know, I do get high green as my medicine, but I say I never once thought to shoot up a school or heroin. And that does not necessarily mean white folks are doing heroin. That's what you get. No, it's look at the response to crack cocaine as there, as there is a response to heroin. And as we see, there's still a response to uh, marijuana because 
white men are able to sell marijuana weed legally, getting all the contracts for the dispensaries, but brothers are still in jail and prison for marijuana, something that everybody does. And now the contradictions are being exposed even more where now everybody is able to take advantage of uh, the fruit from the labor of black folks, basically. And so the struggle that we had to go through and it obviously shoot up a school, you know, obviously that's saying the mass school shootings that happen, which are usually done by white men. But what do they say? They put a nice picture of them when they were in high school, a nice graduation photo. Or and then they said they had a mental illness or whatnot. And I'm not saying, again, if you're shooting up heroin, you deserve to go to jail or whatever. Obviously, it's they need help. They all need help. But it's like like Dave Chappelle said or other just say no. That was that that was the response to us. Right. Just say no. I wanted to point out those contradictions. And so again, and even the fact that it's like they still drink coffee the color of our people, the quote unquote ancestors did stuff to white folks say that that has nothing to do with me. You know, that was that was years ago. That was centuries ago. And then but it's crazy because as Malcolm X said, he said the only thing he like integrated was his coffee. My joke is I don't even like my coffee integrated. I like my coffee black and strong, how I like my people. And so then it's you're sipping coffee. This ideal, I'm going to wake up. Because Malcolm said, when you integrate it with cream, it makes it weak and puts it to sleep. But coffee, when it's black and what? Black and strong. So I wanted to point at that. It's that idea where, oh, yeah, th we're past this. But you're symbolically, unconsciously drinking black coffee, which is to what? Wake you up. Because it's black and strong. and wakes you up. And again, like Prince said in Dreamer, we're all in the same boat, but there's only one group rowing. Even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. Haki, so I like to always ask, what is your... Do you have a favorite venue in Champaign-Urbana? You know what's crazy? I only perform at the Rose Bowl. Hmm. But, again, God works in mysterious ways. My drummer, Ham, and I actually met Ham at a protest, the first protest that basically kind of kicked off the, re the rebellion in or the revolution in Champagne, as I like to call it. It was like, what, June 1st or June 2nd? So it's crazy. It's been a year. Hmm. But they basically were like, they said, you know, there's an opening. And I know you do music. The band that plays after you, uh, Sad Rat, they're willing to have the drummer and the bass, bass player for you. Are you willing to take it? I said, oh, by all means, of course. You know, anytime I get to perform, it don't matter what it is. I get to perform, by all means. We didn't practice, but we went up there and we performed three songs. Thrill is Gone. Uh, the Ride by Prince, 
and Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. We played those three songs, and it was at the Rose Bowl. Again, it's at the Rose Bowl. Now, mind you, I'm like, okay, so it's the Rose Bowl. But I've told other people, like, yeah, I performed at the Rose Bowl. They were like, oh, the Rose Bowl? Like, oh, my yeah. goodness. Like, like, oh, what's the Rose Bowl? And I, and, and, but I've been to the Rose Bowl in terms of, you know, to support him and uh, their band members in the, in the community. So I've, I've, I've gone to the Rose Bowl to listen to, you know, live bands. And so, you know, just to be there and just to think in terms of all of this music thing started because somebody saw me at a protest. Hmm. Speaking at a protest... I don't want to say leading it, even though I did have the megaphone for the majority of the time. They they have an opening. I know you do music, this, that, and the other. We were able to perform. And that was my first time actually performing with a band outside of my dad's band. Mm. So when I play with... Now, see, look, look, look. Now, this is a serious me playing with a band because I was leading it. Now, I was playing with my dad the first time. I was on guitar. Their guitarist switched to bass. My dad is on piano. And they had a drum. My dad was like, you know this, that, and the other. I said, I don't know. I, I don't know how to read music for real. Like, uh, like chord changes on guitar. Like, piano I get more because it's piano. And every instrument kind of comes from piano, as my dad told me. But in terms of guitars, <laughs> I know shapes. And I know scales. Other than that, chords and whatnot, whatever. I said, Dad, what's the play there? He was playing this. By all means. He said, look. He said, pay attention to me. If I look back like this, stop. He basically told me, get out of my way. Uh-huh. Get out of my way. So I play the guitar. If I play a wrong note, he look, look back on piano. I was, Ooh, let me fall back. So I stopped playing for a little bit. And I was like, okay, let me come back in. But when I was playing with them at the Rose Bowl, it was me leading. And I was singing at the same time. It was more than what I originally started with, right? God doesn't give me challenges, you know, that, that I'm not willing to take, obviously, in my opinion. I would say that if you're willing to believe in the journey, performed at the Rose Bowl. The second time I performed live outside of Cotton Club, my junior and senior year of college was IMC, where we actually had Haki and them as a band together. And we perform Far From Home, which hasn't even been dropped yet. And now I'm coming to myself, do I want to drop the produced version or do I want to drop the one where all of us are actually playing together in terms of real music? But again, I believe that the message is more important than just the produced version or just what you put out there, what you put on Spotify, whatever. Because whoever listens to it at the time, and again, no, in no self-aggrandizing way, you need to be in front of people. That was a great show. I was amazed. Do I question God in terms of not now? Not now? It's just not now then. I'm not supposed to be in front of a crowd to do Far From Home if it was accepted the way it was accepted and the people that were in the room. Because people, even my parents, like on Zoom, it didn't sound as, it didn't come through as much. But when you heard it, you heard it. But for those that were in the room, it was only probably like five, six, seven people in the room because COVID, right? Right. That was a great show. That was a great show. You need to, you need to be somewhere. You need to be this, that, and the other. And again, my brother Harvester, shout out to my brother Harvester from Chicago. I met him that Saturday. I called him up that Wednesday morning. Can you come and paint for me while we perform Caffeine and Green? And he painted the cover of the song that I made. He showed up that day. My brother Harvester, I said, brother, I know this is last minute, but do you think you can come in? Because he's a painter. He's an artist. Great artist. Great artistry. And he showed up and he was able to paint during the cafe in the green he basically painted the cover photo for the single i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him as well for believing 
in you know the story the fact that i wasn't in front of some big crowd i don't need to be i just take it as god saying not yet the goal ain't to get big off music the goal is to ensure that the music changes some lives as tupac said to, to plant to see the revolution i hope music can do that again because I'm excited for Prince's new album, Welcome to America. He's been gone, but Welcome to America was written in 2010. But the 60 Minutes basically said that he was like, shoot, somebody will figure out what to do with it. And he's talking about Welcome to America. The words he's saying is truer more than ever. Music is a universal language. And music stems from jazz, blues, the gospel, the, the spiritual rituals of the enslaved Africans. So music is, music is a revolutionary universal language. Whenever I'm gone or whatever it becomes big, I don't know. Don't really care. If it becomes something that can revolutionize them. If caffeine and green can revolutionize some people, either I'm here, I'm gone. Whenever, 10 years from now, 20 years, from, or maybe even tomorrow. I just take that as a gift from God and I just mm. keep it moving forward. If you're going to look at a music scene in the same way that you looked at as a community what makes a good music scene or even what makes a good community again the fact that music is a universal language it's you know the band and i were hakeem and we're performing june 26 in chicago for a graduation for eighth grade graduation and uh 12th grade and so they were like you know you're not gonna get paid i said i don't care about the exposure if i can tell what needs to be done that what needs to be done, then let it be done. The person that actually directed me to this performance was someone who invited me on their podcast. Uh, and it was a young brother who I attended high school with, but he was like, I think, two, three years younger than I. Mm. And the fact that he reached out regarding, again, regarding politics and regarding revolution, whatever, that was the emphasis of the podcast. But I only got the gig because he said, I know a brother who does music as well. I was on this podcast about revolution. No, not about music. Uh, it won't be paid. I said, I don't care. I'm going to be there for the children. I'm going to be there for the children. And I think that's even that question again. And I, I know I go back to that question in terms of when are you willing to pass it on? I always think about the children. Doesn't matter if they in Champaign, Chicago, South America, Africa, it always, it's always the children of the world that I think about. And it even my pastor Ma said, when that earthquake in Haiti happened, he said, how is it that they can still praise and sing and dance in Haiti when they have nothing and literally lost nothing from nothing, but we always complain. Now, that's not to say, as he said, it's not to say that we can't want more, but we also can't lose sight of the fact that it's not America that we're fighting to be a part of or gain more workers' rights. We Workers' rights, I'm all for it. Unionizing, obviously. But we can't deny the children in China, the children in Africa. The reason why we have these iPhones is for the cobalt in the Congo. It's not just America. It's global. But when he said that, that was powerful to me because how can I complain when I have so much but people around the world praise God and don't have anything and literally lost nothing from and again they, let me take that back that was that was wrong for me to say they don't have not that they don't have anything because i believe allah is sufficient that's what we're in islam allah is sufficient god is sufficient who could win against me if god is for me if allah is for me not that they don't material material conditions they may not have 
then again, that is also a contradiction. The fact that my neoliberal individualism that everybody has, the fact that I said that they, that they, oh, they don't have anything. They have God. They have the spirit of revolution. Haiti, my dad's side of the family goes back to Haiti. Mateer is French from my territory. I'm black. I'm not French. So why do I have Mateer? The same way as Malcolm X went from Malcolm Little to Malcolm X. My family goes back to Haiti. My dad said my great, great, great grandmother was dark as night. And all of a sudden we got light. We know the history of enslavement of African people. But the fact that my pastor said they don't have, they don't have much, but they were able to praise. How come I can't praise God? And I have so much, so much. I have enough. I have enough. I got a nice, nice little studio apartment. It's enough for me. I was looking up apartment complexes. I do. I want to move into a one bedroom, but do I want to just do the studio? I, I have enough. God has been good. Revolution has been good. But again, the work must be done and completed. That you must fight for love. You can't sit idly on the side for love. Falling in love is spontaneous. And that's why people get confused with romanticism or romantic, you know, that honeymoon phase, whatever. Love is not spontaneous. Love is an act of will. It is about valuing somebody and it is about time. Real love lasts. Real love can come from falling in love. But real love is about an act of will. So I'm going to love the people. I'm going to love the revolution and the struggle. Even if it depresses me, hurts me, disheartens me. Because there is a certain love that's there. My grandmother, I know she loved me even when my parents and I used to get into it. Not anything crazy, but, you know, me being disrespectful or anything like that. Again, my grandmother was there, had to deal with that, but still wanted to be the grandmother that could give to her grandchild, her grandson. Give her, give him the love. Even if it meant going against your daughter to a degree like, yeah, he's in trouble. Don't take him out to eat. Well, she would tell me. Well, you know, you shouldn't have done that, this, that, and the other, but I'm still going to take you out to eat, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She saved my life. And love. And so, and so the music scene is, if you accept it, by all means. If you don't accept it, then by all means. If music is a universal language of revolution, which comes from the survival of enslaved Africans here in America, and the Black Liberation Movement is the vanguard of the revolution, Either you accept it or you don't. The same way they say, either you're an anti-racist or you're not. And we've come to that bifurcation point. Either you're racist or you're an anti-racist. Either you are blind to the American hair-invoke white democracy or you're going to actively fight against it. They, we're there. And it's just like in music. Either you accept what I say in music or you don't accept it. But guess what? A lot of y'all may not accept what I say, but you feel the revolution. The same way that Fred Hampton said, it doesn't matter if you actively fight in the war. As long as you recognize that there is a war against our people. You don't have to actively fight it as long as you recognize that there is a war. If you don't recognize that there is a war, then you believe in this false sense of community. Again, back to the music scene of community. Mm -hmm. But if you accept that there's a war against the community, you will be there for the community. It may not be at the front lines. Hmm. If you acknowledge that there is a war against the community, then you will fight for the community. So 
back to your question what is community but essentially in champagne again god works in mysterious ways summer 2020 people were telling me that they wanted you know garden hills the school to become a community center i tried you know how can we get into garden hills but look at me now teaching in freedom school at garden hills Mm. Believing in the process, resigning yourself, saying hallelujah, giving God the praise and pivoting. COVID-19 got you down? You looking for some music, some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Haki, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Oh, you know what's crazy? I was just talking about music ain't a, a, a part of me for real because revolution is. But now that's a hard question. Let me think. Uh, I love to read. I love to read. Either I'm working, I'm reading, or I'm listening to music or making music. So besides that, obviously, hanging out with friends. Duh. Love playing basketball. I actually love playing golf with my father. He wanted to get me into golf very early. So I've been playing golf since like I was like five or six. But of course, at that young age, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But, uh, but uh, <laughs> being older, now I'm out there like getting mad. Like, come on. Now, like really cursing at myself. Like, you should have hit that better or whatnot. But, you know, so playing golf with my father. Obviously, work with naturopath nutrition. And so teaching children. Obviously, that's all a part of it. It's crazy to think about, you know, everything else that's outside of music. But even including music, it's always about my people. So, again, that job, nobody gave the job to me, but I just feel like that is. Even if I want to fight it, not saying I have, maybe I have. Anything I do, Prodigy Saints, my clothing line. Prodigy is Young Talented Individual. Saints is actually an acronym for Students Against Inner City Negligence Towards Society. So I originally stopped the violence. And that was 2012. That was before I got into music, right? Artistry and activism coming together. Everything I do always comes back to, in some way, shape, or form, doing for the community. And I think that's why I try not to capitalize off off let's say music for example or capitalize off the prodigy saints as a clothing line necessarily because if it's not doing for the community then i have no not that it has no purpose to me but it doesn't have uh as much significance right, right. so like for example prodigy saints you know, i've sold shirts right you know shirts and you know hoodies or whatever but it's a scholarship i was able to throw 500 dollars of my own money and raise 500 dollars for our first year back in 2019, $500 to two young black men graduated from Chicago Public High Schools. The fact that I was able to throw $500 of my own and then raise $500 and do that, that speaks more to Prodigy Saints than clothes will ever do. 
And then now obviously the pandemic kind of messed my pockets up, but we had community and everybody come in. We were able to give $750 to two young black women graduating from Chicago public high schools. And so, yeah, Prodigy Saints is a clothing line, but it always been more than that. Somebody basically asked me the question, when did you know that there was never a point of return in regards to revolution or social justice? Mm. That's a heavy question because I could say my initial radicalizing period would be like, yeah, I'm down for the movement, whatever. But are you willing to die for it? You know, that maybe I wasn't answering the question as much as I should be now back in high school. Right. But as high school continued and college went on, you know, it's a process. And so there is this process called an aggressance where you have an immersion phase and you have an immersion phase. And so your immersion phase is when you realize you're black. And so you you hate everything white. You're mad at everything. This, that, and the other, yada, yada, yada. I'll probably say that was my high school period, but your emergent phase, when you come out of it, either you're going to be a part of like a coalition in terms of you recognize the BS of race, gender and all that. And you're willing to organize with people who don't look like you, who don't pray like you, who don't love like you or whatever. Either you come out of that and you believe in a coalition or you believe in like, let's say, like the black nation. I still believe in a black nation to the day. But I also believe in coalition so that we get the black nation or we get the nation that needs to be had for black folks to live and thrive. When did I realize that my life was going to be dedicated to the movement, organizing, whatever you want to call it? I don't know. But everything that I do, it must be tailored to the people. It's still the black liberation movement as the black movement has been the vanguard of the revolution globally but i believe in that idea of coalition even more now so than ever i know that was a long-winded answer uh-huh. books as nikki giovanna said as she was invited at the university of illinois and i tuned in she said you can't write every day but you can read every day so i can't create music every day but i sure can listen to music every day so if it's not about the creating of music, it is the listening, listening to music, reading, cooking. I love cooking, love huh. cooking. Cooking is a love language. It's hard to answer what's outside of music. The way I'm approaching it is radical, is revolutionary. So what is outside of my life that's not revolutionary? I think it goes back to that question. When did you realize it was a point of no return? When did you realize there was no point of return? And did you realize that that was your purpose? If it is your purpose. And so, you know, just questions that I ask myself multiple times throughout the day. Purpose is a very tricky word. It is. I mean, I mean, we end up being driven by seeking purpose, but mm. in seeking that purpose, don't we end up creating purpose or creating mm. a result i i don't know i i think yes i, in, th- I in, think you're right i, I think you're right and in some ways i feel like that could be the real good answer is is if you the seeking of purpose is the purpose you know of mm, seeking <laughs> of purpose is the purpose, the purpose. and I, that idea of like there's no coincidence it's like god why why must i be in this position that can just be innate in every human obviously i believe so like i said when i was first radicalized by my mother my social life was in in was in turmoil it was back in high school and so i was kind of i felt alone 
But it is in those times where you're alone that God speaks to you even more. That you can talk to God more or you can just talk to yourself more. You can talk to well, however you conceptualize God. Either it's a higher state of yourself, higher state of consciousness, higher state of energy. Either it's a higher power, whatever you believe. If you believe in a higher power, I believe in how you conceptualize God. However you believe it, I believe you. Because I'm not right. You're not right. We, there's no such thing in terms of... Again, the only thing that's absolute is change. But if you believe in something higher, then shoot. If it works for you, it works for you. If it works for me, it works for me. If it works for this person, it works for that person. As long as you believe in something higher, that's what I believe. As long as you believe in something higher than yourself. Being positive all the time ain't easy. Right? It's easier than being evil, in my opinion. Because being evil takes a lot of energy. I, that, I don't get it. I don't get how being evil... It comes off so easy to individuals, but you know, uh, but being positive, I'm always looking at the positive of it. It is stressful, but that is a curse, I believe, that we almost carry in order to believe in that good. Because it seems like evil's always raining, but it's not. Again, back to the music, outside of music. Stevie Wonder's heaven is 10 zillion light years away. And it was crazy because I was just tell, telling, the, I just showed the children that yesterday. What does Stevie mean? Heaven is 10 zillion light years away. Why do we ask ourselves, why is heaven so far, but hate is here? Why can't we say heaven is here and hate is far? There's a certain fight. There's a certain struggle that is there in order to, to ensure that heaven is here. Haki, thank you so much for being on the show and telling me about your song caffeine and green i feel very very privileged to have you come into the studio and tell me about your organization natural path nutrition prodigy saints playing at rose bowl and your work at the freedom school i look forward to seeing the great things that you will do or that you will guide or mentor towards i i really appreciate it and uh thank you so much for being on the show thank you for having me shout out to justin michael hendrix shout out to rita Connolly. shout out to justin because uh he directed me here and there's a reason again coincidences there's a reason why i'm here there's a reason why i'm also here in person too i uh, thank you sven and i thank the champagne is also a band Thank you for listening to Champagne. It's also a band podcast. This is Haki, which means justice in Swahili, reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live and wherever you live as organizing justice, any movement for change is always local.
You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good. Studio South Beaker on the inside.